because entrepreneurship is not easy and it's very, very easy to feel alone. So it's a it's a good platform and I love it so much. It's so much fun for me. I love talking. It's a lot easier to be the host, by the way, than the guest. <laughs> <laughs> Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Building Great Sales Teams, and I've got a special guest with us today. Her name is Bree Logue. She's the co-owner of We Buy Sad Houses. You may remember Kai Logue, who I had on the podcast before. Well, this is his wife. She's the kind of genius behind the man. You know what I mean? The 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 uh, wizard behind the green curtain, if you will. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, <she's>, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's also the owner at Ivory Media Solutions, co-owner of REI Bot, which is a wholesaling CRM, and host of the Women Empowerment Podcast. Bree, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Awesome. And so um, I want to talk a little bit about your podcast first, because right, when I saw it. it come out, I was like, it's about time. You know what I mean? Like a woman in entrepreneurial focused podcast. And it, and it was perfect timing because my wife was starting her, her business and her tutoring service. And you actually had her on. I did. She was on my first guest. Awesome. And so how has that been going for you? And uh, I guess what it has becoming a podcaster done for your business and, and, and for your growth and development? Yeah. So I originally started it. Um, it's funny because I was like, when I started Ivory Media Solutions, one of the huge things was I started there. I went to a woman's networking group and that like really drastically changed my business. And I loved connecting with all the other ladies there. A lot of them ended up becoming my clients too, um, even still to this day, like six years later. Awesome. But we moved to Texas and I missed all of them so much. And I was like, I don't know. There's not really that many women's groups in San Antonio or in Austin when right. I was first there. Um, so I was like, how can I still connect with other ladies? So I started a Facebook group and then I was like, oh, I should do the podcast too. So I pretty much just record my one-to-ones, which is uh, super exciting. And then I get to, I said it's very selfish of me too, because I get to ask all the questions, which is the best thing about being a host, right? I can just ask mm -hmm. all the hard questions and yeah. dive deep onto things that I want to know. Um, but right. it's really just to help uh, other ladies share their stories too. It's this platform for me to come on and say because entrepreneurship is not easy and it's very very easy to feel alone so it's a it's a good platform and i love it so much it's so much fun for me i love talking it's a lot easier to be the host by the way than the guest <laughs> yeah because you get to direct the conversation and and honestly you know before we use Streamyard, i i used uh, fathom.io to transcribe everything and uh what i loved about it is it, it gave you basically your percentage of talk time and i had it before I switched to streamer, I had it dialed in to where I was 30%, you know, which, which should be the case when you're the, the host, you need to let the guests shine. Right. And so, uh, speaking of that, why did, why did you guys move to Texas? Move to Texas to get into real estate actually. So you guys are very heavy into wholesaling. Your business is centered around that. That's probably where most of y'all's income come from, it comes from. Right. And so, to me, wholesaling is like the gateway drug for real estate. Would I be correct in assuming that? No, exactly. Yeah. So it's a very easy way. You don't need any money down or anything like that. So it's pretty mm -hmm. much just 
marketing essentially. That's why I think of being a wholesaler. We're just doing the marketing piece and we're finding other investors' houses. No, oh, that makes a ton of sense. For for those that don't know what wholesaling is, can you walk them through kind of what a deal looks like? Yeah, of course. So we get a house under contract. So we do a lot of skip tracing. We find people who are in distress, either they're behind on their mortgages or their house is just beyond repair. They've had it's passed down the family. There's some form of distress in the sellers. Um, mm-hmm. So we get them under contract for 70% ARV, which is 70% of the retail value. Okay. minus repairs. And then we sell that contract to an investor to who wants to do the flip or either just keep it as a buy and hold, whatever they mm-hmm. want to do with the property. So we're just the middlemen. We find the property and then we sell the property to an investor for a profit. So usually we try to make about 10 to 20K off of each deal because mm-hmm. um, it is a lot of work. We do a lot of prospecting and it's a lot of work to find the investors who are looking for the properties too. Yeah, to me, it's like the door to door sales of of real estate, you know, what I'm saying exactly. where, yeah. where you're doing a lot of work on the front end, hoping that you hit, you know, yep. but if you don't, like, you basically work for free. And if you do, though, you get paid for the last week of work, or the last two weeks of work, right. And so when people hear that number 10, 20, oh, my gosh, it's so much, but you, you forget all the deals that didn't happen along the way, you know, what I'm saying right. that got you to yeah. that point. And so one of the episodes I did uh, last week was compensation stage actually just came out this morning. And we talk about, you know, like the deal amount that you make per deal. And obviously, as you get later into your career, it's easier and easier and you make more and more deals. Right. But that after you put in all that sweat equity for like 10 years. Right. And so um, when you look at products and what you want to sell, you know, wholesaling is one of those that, hey, you're going to it's going to have a long sales cycle. You're going to go through a lot of no's to get to that. Yes. And then, you know, it's going to take a, a substantial amount of reps to get to the point where these guys that are on Instagram and they're making millions of dollars in wholesaling, it's going to take a long time to get there. You got to put in that sweat equity like anything else, you know? So I think that's incredibly important. So what was first the chicken or the egg? Was it ivory media or was it, um, Ivory Media. So I started Ivory Media uh, six years ago. Actually, we're still in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in retail before that. So it's funny when you uh, asked me about this podcast and I was like, building great sales teams. I was like, I haven't built sales teams since like I was in retail. So that okay. was like, you know, six years ago. I was like, I haven't really built like a sales team for so long. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I started Ivory Media after they closed all my stores down. So that was a really low point for me. I was like really mm-hmm. sad. I was, like, I don't know what to do. Um, and then Kai pushed me to start my own thing. So I took a bunch of classes to figure out social media management is where I started with that. And then it's okay. kind of transformed into um, building websites. Oh, beautiful. And so is it, is it heavier on the website side or the CRM side? Cause I know you have a CRM, uh, service too. Yep. So the CRM stuff, uh, Kai does most of that. He does most of the sales for that stuff. I just do like uh, onboarding for new clients for that portion of that business. But yeah, I do, uh, I for me is like a separate thing. I do that one alone. I just do websites uh, for small businesses. Beautiful. I love it. And so, um, when did you realize like, Hey, I've got something here and I can kind of scale this and make a living from it. Yeah. Um, so for Ivory media, we actually did that together for the first year and it didn't mm. work out for us. So Kai went and started his own marketing agency and, uh, <laughs> he did that for a while. That was funny. Uh, he did marketing for dealer car dealerships for a couple years when we okay. first moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because we're like, oh, we can't work together. We do not want the same things in life for our business. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very, very different goals. So it's like, yeah. I want to help small businesses. I don't want to charge that much. You know, I just want to like help people with their um, social media stuff. And Kai's mm-hmm. like, no, you need to like, you know, make a profit right away. And that took me a very long time to be like, be comfortable charging people like enough to be right. profitable. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I did that. And then. I think then Kai started me by set houses, what, two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I came on um, a year and a half ago is when I came on with him to start doing that. So that's more my full-time thing now. I really mm-hmm. like working with him. I do the disposition side, uh, but we really broke everything down. We were like, oh, if we're going to work together again, we need to like have everything set in stone. This is our mm-hmm. goal. This is what we're going to do. This is our goal for the company. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we started doing that, that's really when we work really well together now. That transitions well into the the sales process for We Buy Set Houses, right? So in in my mind, it doesn't really matter what the product is or the um, business is. What's more important is what's the process to get there, right? Because then you've got value that you can give to anybody, you know? And so can you walk us through kind of y'all's process on the We Buy Set Houses side? So, you know, even if somebody's in another business selling water filters or selling solar or whatever the case is, they can kind of see how that aligns with theirs and maybe they can add some some different elements of that into theirs yeah for sure so the sales process is um pretty straightforward so kai does all the prospecting mm-hmm. then he actually it's a two-step process for him uh so he gets them on the phone and he goes over you know like all the things that are wrong with their house like oh well, how much money do you want for it and then he puts all those notes in their crm for me so it goes to the next step of the process i run all the comps from there so i go through and make sure what they want for their house is reasonable mm-hmm. and i'll put the numbers together exactly like this is how much you can offer this is our max level offer for this home um and then he'll go in and call them back usually about 24 hours later and give them mm-hmm. their offer for their house uh, and from there, you know, it can be a couple back and forth. Some people want to think about it. And some people, you know, are like, now you're lowballing me. I do not want to mm-hmm. take that. Uh, that happens quite a bit. People think, you know, their houses are worth a lot more than they are. I mean, it is a huge investment for them. So I completely yeah. understand that point. Well, and they're emotionally um, attached to it. Exactly. And we're investors. We pay, for, you know, all these people pay for cash for their houses. So they don't want to, they want to value out. They don't want something that's, you know, already completely done and ready to go. Right. So most part, we're getting it as a discount. Um, but from there we send it to, we get them to sign the contract, Kai does that part too. And then it goes back to me and I send it to title and get that process rolling. And then what happens after that? And then I start my sales process. So after we send it to title, I get to start looking for investors. So I go and join all the Facebook groups for the area that we're in and I will start promoting the deal we have there and start building relationships with investors in that area. Um, mm-hmm. I also do the same thing that Kai does. I'll do text blasts, say, Hey, you know, I've noticed you bought three houses in cash in the last year. You know, are you looking to pick up some more properties in this area? And they'll say yes or no. But for me, it's more, I'm trying to build relationships with these investors too, because at some point we're going to have more houses in that area. So it's my sales process is a little uh, slower than his. And, and that brings up a great point. You guys make two sales. <laughs> We have the to make sale, two sales, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the sale to, to, to buy or put the house in the contract and then the sale to sell the house to the investor, you know? And so you'll actually have two sales processes in there, which is really cool. And so the the first part of Kai's, do, do y'all think or have you guys ever tried, 
because my thought would be you have them on the phone you you've raised the pain level of okay you're in this situation and your your house has these issues right and 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 so you have their emotions in it you know what i'm saying and to me that would be the time to like put them under contract you know but you can't do that because you've got to do the work on the back end right is there a way to like shorten that gap i mean it's only 24 hours which is amazing already right but uh do you, do you guys see that being an issue or do you see some conversion rate going up if you're able to shorten that gap? I mean, it could possibly, but at the same time, it is such a big sale. So nobody's expecting to get an offer from a stranger who randomly texts them, asking them okay. to buy their home um, right cool. off the bat. So it's more like building that rapport and building that trust is why he mm -hmm. wanted to keep it a two-step process too. Because it's a lot of hand-holding too throughout the entire process. So they want somebody they can trust right from the beginning. So Kai needs to be that authority um, we have, we, we can easily just be like, oh, I'll give you 70% of what Zillow says, which yeah, could that be, would be a nightmare. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which should just be a nightmare. Exactly. It'd be a nightmare because Zillow's never always, it's not really correct very often. So we have right. to change that a lot. Um, and the, yeah, a lot of people would be like, oh, how did you come up with that number? Some people are like, oh, well, you called me, you know, just give me a number right now. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, we're not trying to do that. You know, we're not trying to, you know, just give you a random offer. You know, we're trying to mm -hmm. make sure we can fulfill and close the deal because that's another thing too because you know we go through all this stuff we have to do all of our due diligence so it's not like we're it's just like a super easy sale we have to make sure right. you know we have the numbers correct uh we mm -hmm. have to make sure that they we have to go in and take pictures we have to go have some inspector kind of do a quick walkthrough for us to make sure there's nothing wrong with the property because we don't want to go through get them under contract and then be like oh well you know, you said the foundation was already done, but we had somebody go out there and now I have to come down, you know, an extra hundred thousand dollars. So that just makes the sale so much harder. So we try mm -hmm. to make sure we ask all those things up front. I mean, some people lie and we do have to go back, but yeah. you know, usually we like, uh, so I know that's part of Kai's process too. At the end, he goes, Oh, so this is the offer. You know, if everything you told me was correct about the house and he'll go back through and list all of the problems. So he'll mm -hmm. kind of bring them back into that state too. Like, Oh, yeah. you told me this, this, and this, this is where we, why we came up with this number. So he'll really walk people through. This is exactly how we came up with that. Um, but I don't know. It's possible we could do that, but I don't know if it'd really be super helpful. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's why you have the option period too, right? Is mm -hmm. a lot of times they don't know what's wrong with the house, you know, until it's actually inspected. And then you've got the option period to drop the contract at that point. Um, now that makes a ton of sense. So whenever you're dealing with the investor side of things, it, it, is it a situation where you create bidding wars or is it like, you know, those deep relationships you go to first and give them the opportunity and everybody knows the numbers that you're supposed to be coming in at that in what you gave early on and what you're expecting to make from it. So everybody respects that, or is there some back and forth in terms of negotiating? There's some back and forth. People will also often negotiate, but I'll mm. tell them straight up, like, oh, this is where we really need to be at. And then if somebody really lows balls me, I'll just move on to the next person. And if mm. I keep getting low ball offers, I'll go back to Kai and be like, hey, you know, this is what these investors are telling me. It's also hard because we do it virtually all over the country. So sometimes yeah. I run these comps and I don't know the areas and it could mm. just be, you know, that one street isn't very great, which we've actually yeah. are running into at the moment. One of the ones we have under contract, everybody's like, oh, you know, it's actually in the hood. And it's like, oh, well, I wouldn't have known that. So a lot of these investors are like, yeah, you know, the numbers have to be down because it's a lot more risk for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, sometimes we do bit wars. If we have like an amazing deal, I will go to my like top three people in that area and be like, hey, 
this is what we have. And if somebody comes right. back with another number, I'll be like, hey, this person came back at this. Do you want to beat it? The first person to put, you know, $5,000 to title gets the deal. You know, do you want to beat it or not? He hasn't put earnest nice. money down yet. So very cool. So uh, how have how have you incorporated VAs into your business? And what are the, the some of the benefits you've seen in working with VAs? Yeah, I love working with VAs. So uh, I'll start with Ivor Media. I have a VA who helps me with all of my social postings and stuff like that. Um, so he goes through and will create the posts for me and I'll go through and edit them um, and make sure they're you know in my client's voices and he'll help me with the graphics and things like that. So that's like drastically changed that business for me. Um, with so the social media marketing side, the website side, I do everything myself still. I probably should get a VA to help me with that, but I only do like one or two projects a month. So it's pretty easy for me. It's to not bad at all. Right. Yeah, and it seems like, and, and I, I may be speaking out of turn here, but it seems like you probably enjoy that the most is the website side. Yeah. And that's, just the fun thing for me. Like yeah. we don't really need to do that. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like, I just want to keep that business alive. And for a long time, uh, I was like, I don't know if I want to keep this business up or just like shut it down. So I'm not like mm -hmm. making a ton of money off it, but it's just something I like yeah. to do anyway. So it's like, I'm like, it's like a business hobby. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, then, and then for rebuy side houses, we have uh, VAs that pull lists for us. So they do all the back end work. Yeah. Um, yeah, they pull all of our lists. They do all of our skip tracing for us. They put everything in, into the CRM. Um, we tried to do VAs for salespeople. They have not worked out for us. So right now we just have them all doing all the admin work. Yeah, I know uh, Kai and I have talked about a, a couple of different sales programs and 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 things that he's got ideas on how to build out, um, but just haven't been able to execute on anything just yet, you know. And so, and it is, it is tough. You know, when you look at the cultural differences, the dialect differences, you know, uh, from what I understand, and this, this is just, you know, I've never seen this executed yet, but there's like the South African VAs are where you want to go when it comes to sales, because that accent, people love it. They eat it up. You know what I mean? And so if you can, if you can find some VAs out of South Africa, then you're in good shape. Nice. From what That's I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. We've tried to do um, regular salespeople here too, and just in the U.S. And we mm -hmm. do commission only, but it's just... It's a, it can take a long time to get a deal. Like, uh, you know, you really have to build up your pipeline. So sometimes mm -hmm. it takes like, you know, obviously, you know, the last 30 yeah. to 60 days, your pipeline is what you're closing now. Um, yeah. And even for us, our sales process is very long. So if we do commission only, say it takes you 30 days to actually get a deal, that deal's not closing for another 30 days. So it could be yeah. essentially 60 days without a paycheck. Um, most of the time it's 90 because it takes people usually about 60 days to actually get their first deal. So that's a tough one too to kind of explain to people like oh yeah you know you're gonna have to keep working at this every single day yeah. and not see return for you know 90 days so for any solar salespeople listening that are knocking doors here's your in you know what i mean you bird dog the deal for kai and brie and then you're making some good commission there and i've got a script for you that me and kai put together for it as well so in honestly any door-to-door -door salespeople reach out to me, shoot me a message, and you could probably bird dog some deals for these guys and uh, make some extra commission. And, you know, they, they deal with the same thing, especially in solar. It's like they've, they've got to wait 30 to 60 days to actually get paid on those deals. So they're already used to that kind of timeline and sales cycle. So that's something that um, me and Kai have been playing around with, but haven't really executed on yet. So I haven't really even put it out there. So who knows? We may get a few messages from this. We'll see. Nice. Yeah, anything that looks, you know, a little frumpy that somebody needs some, a house that needs some love or even yeah. a grass that's way too long, you know, send yeah. them our way. 
Yeah. Well, and it is an objection that comes up all the time. It's like, hey, we're about to move. We can't really afford this house anymore or whatever the case is. You know, you know that language that starts happening when somebody's in distress, you know, and they need a quick solution. And, um, you know, anyways, it may, it may be a referral income opportunity for somebody that is already doing door to door. So that could be huge. So for you guys, um, one of the things that I've noticed is like y'all put on these events, right? And it may just be like a, a, a networking mixer or in, in y'all's case, y'all put on the, the art, uh, real estate syndicate event here recently that I was able to come and speak at. Thank you again for, uh, that opportunity. And I have noticed because I, I'm part of masterminds, you know, and I've gone to a lot of events. But some of the most well-run events have been put together by you guys, whether it was a casual one or a really organized one. So where did that come from? And is it just a natural thing for you to be able to do that? Or like, where did that skill set come from? So it's funny, actually. So when I first started my social media marketing business, my first client was an event planner. So when I do social media marketing, it's a lot of research on how like these people run their events because I have to, you know, come up with these like tips and tricks for all their, you know, social media marketing stuff. And then did she mm -hmm. send me all of her things? So I like to think that um, Michelle with the anchor group really helped me become a good okay. event planner. And then Fantastic. I'm always a details person too. So mm -hmm. for me, it's like, I need things to run smoothly. And, mm -hmm. you know, like for our other event, Kai's like invited so many speakers, which was really amazing. But, you know, he's not the logistics person. So yeah. like when we're like finally talking about it and I was like, hey, you got like, you know, 10 speakers and we're only there for five hours. Like, how are you going to make this work? Um, mm. So yeah, I'm the one who gets to do all the logistics and all that stuff isn't super fun for me. The events are, I love networking. It's been like such a huge help in yeah. my business and just making friends. And mm -hmm. I feel like, how do you else do you make friends as an adult? You know, networking events are the way to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How else do you make friends as an entrepreneur is a more important question. You know what I mean? Because nobody understands and nobody has that context that you have. And then as soon as you go to one of these events, like, oh, I found all my people, you know, this is perfect. So and even even going to y'all's real estate events, even though I'm not like heavy in real estate or anything like I, I do, like I met uh, Marco, who's also in Apex. And uh, I know me and him are going to do something together. I'm going to have him on the show for sure, because he does. He does uh, uh, social media sales, you know what I mean? Or high ticket closing is what we call it. Um, but uh, that I haven't had anybody on the show that is specific to that, you know? So just connections happen like that. What about for you guys? Do you see, you guys see a, a ROI like dollars and cents on these events or is it more long-term relationship building? More long-term relationship building. Um, so we actually broke even on the syndicate event, the big event we did with all the speakers. Which is uh, a which huge actually, success. <laughs> it's a huge success, yeah. That yeah. actually was our goal. And I feel like if we did set a goal to make money, we probably would have made money. But yeah. our whole goal the whole time was just to break even. Um, yeah. And that is exactly what we did. Same with our networking events. We usually have one sponsor um, at every event. So last time we had... Uh, Searchers Capital. And oh, then, yeah, okay. that's the big one. Yeah, for the small event, the networking event we did, we did um, oh, okay. Searchers Capital. Yeah, so we Alicia was there. She didn't have her table set up or anything like she originally was going to. Yeah. But yeah, so we always try to have one sponsor at every event too, just something we can spotlight. And then um, Kai also gives them a spot in his Facebook group to go live every Friday. Very cool. Very cool. So with everything that you guys have going on right now and then some of the the, the partnerships that are available out there. What's 
what's next for y'all or what are you excited about? Yeah, I'm just excited to grow our company. That's like the biggest thing right now. I would love to hire like a good sales team and really, cause this year was all about like building out our processes, our sales processes and really dialing in to the process to make sure everything is going smoothly. Um, cause last year we definitely were not super organized. And that's one of the reasons why we actually built the CRM the way we did. Cause it's mm-hmm. very organized exactly how we do our business. And, um, that's one of the reasons why we sell it to other wholesalers too. Cause that's just like, here's our step-by-step sales process. It's all laid out in here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just keep growing or, you know, we buy set houses. I'd love to do a deal a week is like my main goal right now. We're right. at like one or two deals a month. Um, mm-hmm. but I'd love to scale it up to be a deal a week and then, hire a couple more VAs to help me, you know, with the actual backend stuff. I'd love to hire a transaction coordinator, be like our next biggest thing. Somebody actually talks to title company. Um, kind of that whole process is a lot too. Cause you have to kind of keep going back and forth with the title company. Cause they're like, oh, the buyer needs this stuff. You know, since it's a wholesale deal, they don't make as much money. Um, right. So I have to be the middleman too. So I'm like, oh, cool. The seller needs to get this to title. So, you know, Kanye's called seller and the buyer needs this and this to title. So mm-hmm. I have to call the buyer. So honestly, that's like our biggest, that'd be like our biggest thing right now is to get somebody to help me with all that stuff. It sounds like a, like a project coordinator type position, you know, uh, project management, you know, somebody that's got a good history in that. And then, you know, you heard it also, they need salespeople. You know, I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast knows how to sell things, but if you want to get a piece of the wholesale industry, I would definitely reach out to them as well on that. Awesome. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, they go to reload.com is the best place for that. And then they can probably find your socials on there and shoot you a message. Exactly. Just my link three. It's got everything on there. Awesome. And so last question, this one gets a little deep. Um, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Ooh, that's a good one. Legacy. That's a hard one too. Actually, you're right. It's a very deep one. <laughs> um, so we do not have kids. I feel like when everybody thinks legacy, they think of what they're going to leave behind for their kids. Um, right. Which maybe one day, but as of right now, that's not on the cards for me. A lot of them have been like twofold answers. You've got the, you know, and I, and I don't, I don't mean to say standard to take anything away from it, but it is part of it. A lot, a lot of them have the kids answer. They want their kids to be good people. You know what I'm saying? And that's a very common one, but a lot of people stretch outside of that and it's more about impact too, as well. So kind of, I think definitely. Yeah. I have a big thing for me is I always want to start a nonprofit. And that was actually a goal for me last year okay. to start. And that just did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to happen this year either, but I think, so our vision uh, is to open a nonprofit for stray dogs and also to have kids in um, like group homes come and help too. So we kind of wanted to merge both our worlds. I love animals and dogs always have been a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And then Ty was in group homes when he was a kid. So we thought we would open a really cool like dog ranch type style thing where we have like kids from group homes come out and help out on the weekends um, to I show good that. work ethic and kind of learn an entrepreneurial type of, you know, stuff along the way. So that's really what I want to do. That's the big thing that I want to leave behind. So it sounds like you need somebody with like 10 or 20 acres of land, right? Yes. <laughs> and so there's another shout out to whoever's got some land and wants to get involved in a nonprofit so we can make it happen this year. There's all kinds of tax incentives for your land. And I would imagine they only need like two acres, maybe, you know what I'm saying, exactly, to put yeah. that together. So FYI, if 
you want that tax incentive, <laughs> Bree's got it for you. No, I love it, Bree. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise on wholesaling, websites, CRMs, all that good stuff. Um, definitely a lot of value on the show. So I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, let's get building. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.